It's time to get inspired. It's time to have some fun. It's time to take your relationship to the next level and create the marriage you always believed was possible. Come on, join us as we learn from real couples that have overcome real problems with real solutions. Welcome to the Unstoppable Duo Show with your hosts, Rebecca and Tim Lindsay. Steps and Josh Walker in the house. Hello. Hello. We are so excited. Uh, what's so exciting to me personally is I grew up with Debs and Job, Josh, and they are a fantastic couple. We are going to get to know their life story. They have experienced God in so many ways. But uh, before we dig into that, Debs and Josh, do you want to introduce yourselves quickly? Absolutely. So, yeah, we are Josh, Debs, Walker. We're from Dublin, Ireland, same as Tim. And yeah, we did. We grew up with Tim. Uh, actually, Josh's parents and Tim's parents were part of the same mission organization. So they knew each other. And then me and Josh and Tim and Tim's family uh, went to secondary school together, high school. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and we've been married uh, for this year. Get it right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you do the math. 28 years. <laughs> I think it, 20, yeah. 20, 28 too? Well, it's going to be 29 this year. We got married in 93. 94, yeah. 94. Okay, there you that's go. good, you guys know. So 28 <laughs> this year, yeah. So we, uh, fresh out of, uh, well, in the middle of, of college, actually, yeah. uh, we got married. So we started, um, in, in in Ireland, we don't call it dating, just going out with each other in, uh, when we were in in secondary school yeah, so yeah. but we don't tell that to our kids who are in secondary school <laughs> <laughs> oh we're so excited because uh both you debs and josh or uh were i think just a year under me at at high school and uh they were very very good friends of my brother stefano and his wife doris of course who are now in south africa uh serving in townships planting churches and uh, we're so excited to have you on this show. So excited for what we're going to hear. They are founders and leaders of uh, an organization called Seven More. And uh, we're going to dig into that. Helps people who are who were incarcerated as they come out of prison to uh, integrate into uh, the community, into life. And uh, I look forward to hearing that. But before we go there, I and, and before we get into all of your challenges that you uh, have experienced uh, as a couple... I'm excited to dig in. I know it's a little bit personal. I don't know how much, how interesting it is for everybody else who's listening in. But this is like the first conversation I've had with the Walker since I don't know how long. I know. Follow them on Instagram, seen them on Facebook, seen how God used them. And when I first got to know Debs, um, Debs wasn't a Christian. Um, Debs wasn't following Christ, normal high school girl. And uh, not that a Christian high school girl isn't normal, but... <laughs> Well, in Ireland, it's abnormal. It was yes, <laughs> yes. I'd love to start there, Debs. How did you get to know uh, faith? Get to know Christ? Start a relationship with Him? What was that like? What was that all about? Well, don't forget to mention that I led you to Jesus. I think I was the <laughs> you saw Jesus in me and wanted whatever she wanted. Oh, then. oh there you go. I, I missed that part of the story. Or maybe you wanted to date me, and so you thought, if I come to know Jesus, no. That's all right. Okay, so here's the real story. Um, yeah, I I actually, I grew up in a um, home, I, I suppose it was a nominal, 
Christian home, my parents uh, were not followers of Jesus, uh, would be culturally going to church and, and stuff like that. Ireland, as some people might know, is predominantly Catholic. Um, but we actually weren't Catholic. We were a Protestant family. But um, yeah, that doesn't necessarily in Ireland always mean that people are are walking with Jesus. And so really like good family. Um, and to be honest, I, I, Josh's sister invited me. I was friends with Josh's sister um, and she invited me to go to their church. And I remember going and being like, oh, well, I mean, I was like, born a Christian like I don't I don't yeah. do anything like that's kind because of, that's kind of what what we would be taught and so I was quite prideful just like oh well I don't know what these people are you know talking about and then I, I went for a little while and then I remember there was one guy speaking and he said something about making a, a very specific decision he was more telling his own story and at this point I was probably 15 and um and yeah, he talked about just choosing a relationship with Jesus. And I was like, so confused by that. And here's the real story. I literally said to Josh, because obviously I knew him through his sister and all of, we were in the same friend group with Tim as well. And I said to Josh, what does that like? What does that mean? Like, is this not the question everybody wants? You know, what does that mean? Like to have a relationship with Jesus? And he goes, I don't know. Ask my dad. <laughs> 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 hey, there's different, there's different stories. There's different versions. <laughs> so, I'll just let that one slide. So um, anyway, I, yeah, just was kind of seeking and stuff. And then there was a point where I just decided, okay, I, I do think that I need to like make this choice. I understand. I started to understand really what separation from God was. And I did make a decision for Jesus, but honestly, I think it took a little while for me to really understand what that meant. Um, I would come from, you know, our, our family would be very, you know, good at things like good at school, good at sport, good at, so I was kind of like, okay, so how do I be good at this then? Yes. You know, what, how do you be good at this? So what do I do? And, um, and it took a while to kind of realize, okay, this is an actual relationship with a yeah. person that, um, you know, as you grow in that relationship, there's an overflow of, of life change and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it was, I would say a process um, that honestly, Tim's parents and, and Tim's brother, Steph, Steph and, yeah. um, and so for really part of that for me as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And Josh, your dad and my dad um, were on the streets of Dublin regularly with each other. Yeah, um, just a few years ago, I think. Yes. I mean, they've been at it for years. I mean, talk about commitment. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Your dad. And so your, your dad would, you know, go to one of the busy streets in Dublin, pull out a sketchboard. And uh, you can just imagine if you're listening in or watching, you just imagine a guy with a long beard. You imagine like Santa Claus <laughs> um, and in a very nice way, in a very loving way. Um, just drawing out the gospel, drawing out um, the saving story of Jesus on a board for anybody who's listening. And my dad would always, you know, the day before something, he'd say, oh, I just got a call from Mickey. I need to go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was awesome. And, I, you know, I was down there a couple of times and I used to always think my dad was crazy. And I'd always be scared to sort of, you know, when people would ask, you know, what does your dad do? I'd be like making up all sorts of stories. 
because I didn't, you know, want to say, you know, he's a street evangelist, <laughs> basically. And uh, but then I, I, I remember going down there and just taking part in one of the sessions that your dad and my dad was doing. And I just so touched and moved. I, I must have been 14, 15 and just hearing the passion and the longing like my dad uh, talking to Irish, to immigrants and just praying with people and just an un, un, unbelievable commitment to uh, sharing God's word. And yeah, how did you experience that? Yeah, a little different, maybe similar, but different. I, I would have um, been as, as a teenager, you can imagine, um, similar, I guess, in, in that case, similar to you, uh, very embarrassed, living in fear that people at, at the school would see my dad down in the city center. Uh, yeah. Of course, Dublin's Dublin's a little different than where we live now, or some of the some of the big cities. I mean, it really was the center of shopping and the center of eating and stuff. For and my dad and your dad down, you know, right in the center there. And I, I kind of lived in fear that my, my friends at school would, would actually see. Would, would see and I didn't dad. want my parents to see. <laughs> see no. him on the sideline of a rugby match, and then see him downtown in front of a sketchboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But he, he was like, like you said, he was very, all he wanted to do was talk to people and engage with people. He, you know, yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't on the corner, angry, yelling about hell. He, he really wanted people to meet Jesus. Um, but it took, a, it took a while, you know, to even, I think part of it was me being comfortable with who I was. Uh, and, and so being able to just be comfortable with who my dad was as well. Yeah. You know, you know, when you're 14, you just, you know, you're, you don't know who you are. So, um, but very, very proud of my dad now as, as well. If you look now and you look, you know, our dads, the years and years and years of commitment to what God's called them to do is just amazing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. And did you make a commitment to Christ early on? Are, um, do you yeah. have a relationship to Christ? Dad's <laughs> <laughs> still working on that with <laughs> There's this question that from time to time. Um, <laughs> I, I, I distinctly remember giving my life to, to Jesus when I was like four years old um, on, the, on the ships. I, I grew up, for, before we moved to Ireland, I was, we were in around 50 different countries, constantly moving. Um, it, I showed up in Ireland. I must have dressed like a pirate, coming straight from some missionary ships, you know, when I was years old. But um, distinctly remember as a, as a, just a young, real young, uh, praying with my dad um, to to give my life to to Jesus, you know, which was very real. It was a very a very real commitment. But you know, hitting you know hitting Ireland, really trying to find you know just a missionary kid hitting a Western city, trying to find who God had actually who who I actually was. Um, I I would have been all over the map for a while, um, and would have been just walking probably just behind my parents in their faith, and and actually straying from that as well. Um, you know, those early years in Ireland. It was it was when I was about 16. I was on a trip with my dad. He used to try to bring us when he'd do um, uh, different trips around the world. We were in Taiwan, just just me and my dad. And and literally, I was so bored by the trip um, that I learned how to how to play ping pong. I learned how to use chopsticks. And then I, I just started reading my Bible because I literally had nothing else to do. And there was something there was something in it that gripped me so completely. I was just the God's word just grabbed me and it and actually still does. I, there's, there's nothing I enjoy more than hearing God's word through the Bible, even now. But that was when I was 16, that was when, when all of a sudden it, it, there was this pivot where it, you know, it wasn't um, my parents' faith. It was my faith. Um, but just, just to make it clear as well. 
um, it, it, you know, walking behind your parents' faith, I don't, I don't dismiss that. Um, if, if you see God in your parents, that's absolutely wonderful, right? Because you're, you're the closest people. I mean, you're family. And if you can see God and, and see what they believe and you're walking in that because they're living it out so fully, I mean, that's absolutely wonderful. But it was when I was about 16 um, that, that I really, you know, God's word started to become so real to me. Yeah. That's awesome. And what uh, attracted you to each other? So you've made this commitment to Christ. You've had a, a newfound faith. You're like, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you're bubbling in this or whatever. What, how did you, how did you connect the two of you? So, yeah, we were in school together. Actually, the, the time we met, this is actually a funny kind of quick story. Uh, we were playing tennis together down, you know, down where we play tennis, Tim. Back in the, the school. Yeah. Back in the school. And uh, we were matched up. So I was actually the year below Josh. Um, so we, we were matched up on a doubles team uh, playing tennis. And he said to me, while we were playing, maybe we'll win if you sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a typical 14-year-old thing to say, isn't it? So... So I said, being, I mean, I was pretty sporty, you know, you I, so sporty. I took his tennis racket and threw it over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> so, and here we are 20, 20, 30 years later. Um, no, so we were actually just in the same friend group for a while, um, hanging out all together and stuff and going to each other. He played rugby. I played hockey, went to each other's games and, um, we were going to the same church and um, part of kind of the same uh, mix of friends there as well. And uh, yeah, well, I think we just started to become our, our kids kind of always question this story, but it really is true. Like we just started to become more and more close friends and I would go over to his house quite a lot. We lived on the other side of the city to each other. Um, so I'd be over at his house quite a lot, like hanging out with his family and stuff. And it was very much like a, to be honest, I look back and I think the Lord really protected us because obviously God was going to do stuff um, through us, like even specifically with young people um, with, we'll maybe share about that in a minute, but with Teen Street. And I feel like the Lord really protected us as a young teenage couple because yeah. we didn't necessarily have any people walking ahead of us, like, you know, that we like to do for people now. Um, in Ireland at that time, there wasn't like a major culture of youth work or anything like that. And um, I was very new to like walking with Jesus in this way. And so I was very fervent. I was very like, you know, strict and fervent. And, you know, I kept, I, I remember always saying like, we need to make sure that everything we do is giving glory to God. Like we have to do <laughs> everything like I was just like over the top you know and uh, but I do think the Lord like gave us wisdom that was kind of beyond our years and so yeah we were close friends for a long time and then it was just very like a, a, a conversation of saying like Josh said to me you know I I, I do see you more at, than more than a friend like long term and his sister Tim knows his sister was really pushing us to like be together <laughs> And, uh, and I said, I don't want us to be a couple because then we might break up and then we won't be friends. Yeah. And so it kind of took a while for me to be okay with like saying that we were together. Um, you know, just, I just yeah. was like, yeah, what else? 
She didn't answer the question, Tim. What? What attracted us what, to what, each other? What she? What he said was what? What was attractive about Josh? Oh, what was so what attractive said. about Josh? <laughs> oh, that's what he said. I think it was like his long curly fringe. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Debs was just so good looking. <laughs> there you go. That's what cool. I was trying. That's what I was trying. And then, and then, of course, she does love Jesus, but she was just yeah. So um, I, now I'm leading this conversation. If you ha will have any questions, you just uh, <laughs> ask or whatever. But um, so you're 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 married now, um, uh, Teen Street. You're serving all these young people. How did that happen? Um, we were actually at. Um, and oh, like so, OM is the the mission organization that their parents are with, and we were at a conference in Holland, um, many like thirty years ago, maybe we were still teenagers, and uh, it was this was actually the summer before we got married, and our friends were start beginning this kind of uh, youth thing. Um, literally, there was only going to be like fifty teenagers at it, I think. So it's obviously a really long story, but basically they were like, do you guys want to be involved in this with us? And so we got involved the next summer um, being part of, actually it was the summer we got involved, we still weren't married, but um, so we got involved. It was just a small youth thing on the side of a missions organization, had no idea in the world what God would do with it. Um, and yeah, so we literally, we always say like, we grew up with Teen Street. So, you know, we've been serving with Teen Street for uh, this year, 30 years. Um, wow. But the, the year prior to that, when you were 18, I was 19. Yeah. And Debs, of course, had been in the church now for a couple of years as a teenager. And she was watching the teenagers younger than us, um, this, this generation, which would have really would have been our generation, but they were younger than us, um, just bored at church and leaving church and so this was the year before we got involved with teen street yeah deb's deb's really had this vision from god about doing something for for youth which which you know coming for you know when you're in america that back in the 80s 90s that was i mean it was a career there in ireland that really was unheard of most i i didn't we didn't know any church that had youth work at that time yeah, yeah. In, in uh in 1990 and so deb's just had this vision we 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 need to do something for the teenagers in, in our church because they're just leaving wired. She was just, she couldn't believe they were so bored. Um, and so that we, you started, we started that as teenagers and yeah. the following year at this conference uh, these people were like, Hey, well, do you want to get involved with us? Yeah. And that actually, that really formed us as well. We did um, the youth ministry in our church in Dublin for about 12 years then after that, until we came to America. Um, and that, I mean, God just, Every part of our story, to be honest, God directed and exploded. We always say we have zero clue what we're doing in any avenue of our lives, but God seems to put us in these situations. Yeah. And then he kind of, you know, obviously puts the steps in front of you. But um, yeah, even with the youth ministry, like we never even heard, like, you know, there were a couple of churches that had some different Bible studies and stuff, but we didn't know that youth ministry was a thing. Um, and so yeah, God. Just it was, we were this naive. We are they, when we first started it. We invited the age group. We invited was from ten years old up to sixteen years old. That was our spread. That was how. That was. Of course, no one would do that. And of course, we changed pretty quick. Right? We start to realize. <laughs> we got rid of the ten year old. We were just like um, that was how little we knew. We just 
yeah saw the need and yeah but god's done such an amazing thing with team street how many uh young people come together now for i think it's not just one summer camp i think there are multiple camps no this year actually amazingly this year we have 27 teen streets around the world so, wow yeah. yeah 27 events there on every continent uh well except antarctica but they we have them all over the world and so yeah started as a small event in germany and that one's been going for for 30 years they just many 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 thousands thousands hundreds of thousands of people all over the world for for 30 years so um yeah so we um have watched god just grow that and explode that and um yeah it's a real honor for us mm. to to be part of that we are going to kenya um next week um to meet with well we're we'll be writing content there for next year but also to meet with all of the directors from all of those teen streets around the world and kind of share vision and stuff how awesome is that that is so good yeah so i mean so our, our kids grew up there you know running around on the backstage and all of the you know it's it's amazing really like you guys know this but your life can take we both went to un university in, in in dublin and there we were just telling someone last night there were other avenues that we could have taken that would have been financially more secure and um and uh you know you just think yes in that way but the adventures that god has had us on uh in our marriage and with our kids and seeing the fruit of that in our kids lives is just a real a real blessing yeah that's all that's awesome so before we move on to um your move to the states and this new ministry that god has put on your hearts and is just growing and really helping so many people um what were some of the challenges at that time uh, for you in your relationship, how did you manage them? Yeah, it's good. I, um, I think an ongoing one, in, one easy one to start with would be financial. Would always be, uh, um, you know that that would have been. I mean, when we started with, you know, when we graduated from university, we wanted to do full time youth work. That's what we felt God was leading us to. But again, that was so foreign to any church in, in Dublin. So um, that first year, I think we were given um, 9,000 um, euro. Pounds. Was it pounds back then? 9,000. Yeah. 9, yeah, well, it's still pounds. pounds. <laughs> Irish pounds, to be exact. <laughs> yeah, Irish pounds. It was for the year. Those those we lived on. Wow. Those we lived on that year. So I think learning. learning Much to that, my parents' distress. You know, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think I think that would have been um, seeing God provide in in those instances um, uh, would it would have been one um, I think as well some of the things we've seen some of the things we've seen over the years would have been as well um, stepping into who we really are who God's created each of us to be yeah and has always been um, um, what's well, it's, it's an adventure. To, it's a daily adventure, um, knowing who God, his purposes, his plans, who you are, um, knowing who you are so that you can just keep walking in that and not get pulled off into things that are great things, but aren't the things that God's created for you. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I would say as well, like we went through some, well, struggles as far as, um, yeah, financial and stuff, but like, well, one of the big ones really was when you know we're having children and you know all of that is kind of happening while you know we're doing ministry all over the world and all these different things and 
like I said, we didn't really have that many people ahead of us kind of being mentors or, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I'm having kids and I'm a really like energetic person and just whatever, you know, I never thought to take like a maternity leave or like take a break or, you know, have any level of wisdom in that, which is ridiculous, you know? And so after our, we had our third, which all the American people will laugh at me saying third, but <laughs> yes. do they do that to you too, Tim? When you say no, I, I, uh, I didn't even, I, I understand it as a third child. I put a little bit more H into mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, just started spinning into a very severe post postnatal, po we say postnatal, postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, you know, anxiety, depression, all of it. I mean, just very, very separated from the world. I mean, I just, uh, to be honest, like anyone who's experienced that will know what it feels like, but just really lost my grip on on reality and being able to interact with people and and for us as well. And um, and I, it was a huge, obviously a huge challenge. I, I kind of just went into a room for about six months and didn't come out really, mm. would you say? And and Josh really in that time had to pivot in every area of our lives. So, you know, running a youth ministry and he also like worked on the side as well to make some extra money. And so he's working. And then we had two other children that he's also taking care of. And, um, and I think that, you know, like he became just the whole part of every part of the family, you know, driving me around in the day because I couldn't be in the house during the day and cooking the meals at night and um but that was like i feel like it took maybe you longer to get over that it than did. even me yeah yeah what would you say about it that that definitely i think it, um well you should maybe say because within a few months you started to feel better but i think yeah. that that stretched me way beyond um what i what i could handle um and took a long time i think there's still these this stuff that still comes back from that that time, that, that kind of stress, the anxiety that comes from that time, trying to hold all of those things, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. But. Does that anxiety, is it like uh, that it might happen again? Or is there a fear there or what, when you say anxiety? It was in the, I think it was in the, um, the, the, the feelings of anxiety, the stress and the pressure of trying to uh, pull off youth events and, and do the youth stuff with all of these moving parts, trying yeah. to pull them all together for teenagers. Um, just, just like it, it would leave me super thin. Um, yeah. but getting into those, sometimes coming now, coming into youth events again, I still get those, those kind of, some of those waves of, yeah. you know, just, it, it's more that it's more that kind of side. Um, Debs, Debs came through. I mean, she was, I mean, she was, uh, she was amazing how quickly you once, you know, once you came to the other side, how quickly she, she healed and came on you know? yeah i have never had anything like that ever since um and i actually i also have a job i'm also a doula and help deliver babies so i walk with moms all the time and so um yeah i i did come through quickly but i think what that does in a family it kind of shifts a lot and so like i think it showed i mean it definitely showed a lot of josh's character and you know that real like in sickness and in health you know like there was yes. for sure like a deep depth of sickness you know where he kind of upheld the whole family and it and it really did like that situation pivoted our family 
to to moving to America. So that was kind of a, a big pivot moment for us. And I don't believe that God did that to me, but I know that God used it. Um, yeah. you, you know, and and us like God gave Josh a verse during it. Um, said, "Humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and in due time He'll raise you up." And uh, and we just felt like that. You know, we needed at that time just to be low and just wait on the Father. And then, yeah, He just began to redirect us then. Yeah. And when I look back on it, I don't I don't think I I dealt with it very well. I mean, it was, it was good for the family. Um, and I provided an environment where Debs could heal and get better. But I think I did it more out of my own strength than, than waiting on God at, at that time. Um, I think, I think I have a high perseverance threshold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot. I was, I was able to get through that time, um, a little more on the physical than actually, um, really finding my strength in, in God at the, at that time, you know? So I look, I look back on that a little differently. Yeah. Learned a lot from it. So. Yeah. So the whole time shifted something, Hey, we need to change some patterns or we need like the rhythm or the pace that we were on. It's manageable, but not healthy in the long run. What was the shift of you saying, Hey, we leave Arlen behind, which was like the starting point for so much moving yeah. to a totally new country. Yeah, I think it was it was interesting. It was a little process. We actually went more so initially on a sabbatical. So our church in Dublin were very good and they said we'll, you know, support you for three months to go away and just and we had friends in the States. And so we came over, it was actually to Michigan. Um, and so and it was more during that time that we had space to kind of step back and say, and and it really was God speaking to us. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but um, we had time to kind of step back. I was feeling a little bit more like myself. Um, Josh got quite sick from just physically sick, a lot of ear infections and weird, like yeah, weird just stuff. being run yeah. down. Um, but during that time in Michigan, God just used the time to be like, it's time to, to, to leave Ireland. And, and he wanted to do something new, but it, honestly, it was me. I was very, very, very against that. I was just like, absolutely not I can't like you know I I was thinking we're better we're gonna go back we're gonna do the same things and you know in hindsight you look back and that would have been a terrible idea you know of course like God had the better idea but um we spent about probably 18 months in Michigan just waiting on God like it was oh man it was hard it was like (laughs) I I felt yeah, I felt like it was like, I felt like we were in Siberia, like yeah. just like out in the, you know, just waiting and, you know, work. I mean, we were still doing Teen Street, actually. And weirdly, we started Teen Street Brazil during that time. Um, but the longing in me, especially to go back to Ireland and be with our youth group and all of those things. And um, but thankfully, we had the some kind of wisdom from people and from God to be like, no, that's not what God's telling us to do. It's not what he's saying. And so, yeah, God was able to, I'm sure he, I'm sure when we meet him, he'll be like, that was hard work to get you to do what I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, Well, time is running, 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 running. It's amazing. It's awesome. It feels to me like we're back home in a, in a, in an Irish living room, drinking <laughs> a cup of cha, uh, and, uh, just so, so good. And so t- before we get into seven more, 
Uh, tell us a little bit about your family and your adopted child and how you, yeah, how God brought your family together. Mm. Yeah, so that's the crazy, crazy part about all of this is that, you know, of course, you always have a choice to obey what the father is telling you to do. And every marriage, every life, you have a choices. Um, and we could have said, no, like we're going back to Ireland. That's just what we want to do. Um, but we felt like God was uh, moving us and actually to Houston. So because of time, I'll just kind of, that's just a bridge there. It was a an interesting transition, but yeah. So we moved to Houston with our three children and eight suitcases and just like knew that the Lord was bringing us there. And we had been in Houston um, like September and, th and then in October we were down serving. Um, some people might know YWAM, Youth with a Mission. So just some friends of ours, they lead YWAM here in Houston serving with them and literally saw a baby on the side like at the where we were serving the homeless people um I saw that a baby had been left there and went over kind of picked him up and you know un undid the blankets and he was literally head to toe covered in mold so um like green mold in his armpits everywhere and then he looked like someone had gotten a cheese grater and just kind of taken the top layers off his skin and we found out later is because he has um he had scabies which is tiny tiny fleas from dirt so just very very and and little nests everywhere and so then he also um his neck well this was for his first year was completely crooked like he was like this because um the biological mom she believed that picking up a child spoiled it which is where the mold came from and everything and so you know tiny babies like this this elongated and this shortened and so he was was like this which miraculously he's the most perfectly physically formed child now an amazing sports person but um yeah so that you know ended up I went over to to Walgreens to buy some stuff to wash him and they were going to call child protective services and she and she was very much like I don't want him in child protective services she grew up in child protective services and so she wanted you know him to be with someone else and she said what about the lady with the funny accent why doesn't why <laughs> <laughs> so uh why doesn't she just take him and so I came back across the road and they were like so listen here's the situation <laughs> so uh yeah so that's like the phone call like Josh is home with the three small kids you know our oldest was so seven five and a three-year-old and so um at home I arrived with the child with only a nappy a diaper on and and a binky with mold in it wow. uh, and honestly that that changed again the trajectory of our lives because very quickly we were thrown into kind of the underworld of Houston you know we're like working with the biological mom we're in the homeless community trying to kind of navigate all of this and um uh, we end up adopting him later at the mom's request so um so yeah and that's mm. another crazy kind of twist josh always says that our lives are like spaghetti not a, he he's studied engineering in in university and uh he likes straight lines but we never get <laughs> <laughs> loves, loves <laughs> we never straight get lines. straight lines life life takes new new turns so with that i mean even there wow. you, you think you come with up for something you you wait on God and you suddenly have this child on your laps. And even in your marriage, you know, how do you decide how to move on? Like, 
this probably was never part of your dream of your imagination of your vision mm. maybe god never said like i will give you a child and go on so how do you decide you know we're going to invest in him and with that trusting that god will move and open new doors how did you came to that point also being so different yeah yeah that's, that's, a, good, that's a good question um i i think uh you know part of it actually was with this with the with the adoption i think it was a it was an easy on-ramp for us for god gave us some easy steps to take when we, when we look back because initially devs what wasn't calling me they didn't call me saying can you adopt a child they said yeah. can you take care of um so yeah. it, was, it was a it, of course it was a big thing to think having a baby in a house but but also you know it was like well where else would he go of course we're gonna take yeah. take care of him and and the idea initially was take care of him so that the mom can get on her feet she was just a yeah. teenage street mom um but then you know within a week you don't want that that child to ever leave your house um uh, it, be, it becomes one of yours and so you know by the time it was about a month later the biological mom says i don't want him back wow. and, uh, you know that boy you have i don't want him back um Will you keep him? And and by then though, I mean we were already weeks into trying to work out how we could we we never wanted to give him back, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that was that was a that was an easy one. But I think um I think in a, a bigger a bigger question, I think we've 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 also learned over the years um, to recognize God's voice when He speaks. Um, also to to know a little bit the lanes we're in, yeah. if I can say that, where there's certain things I just, I, I know God speaks to, to devs in certain ways. Yeah. And when she says, Hey, I feel God saying this. Yeah. Um, then I, I know to, I know to trust that. Um, and, uh, I don't think we've, I don't think we've ever been had a decision to make where we were in any way, um, a big decision. A big decision. Um, <laughs> daily, daily decision. Daily decisions. Like what we're gonna eat and stuff. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the bigger decisions. I think we've learned. Uh, you know, over the years, you know, the the more time you spend walking with with the Father, the more you you recognize His voice. And and also, I think again, just acknowledging where we where the different areas where God speaks to us. I will say one thing um, is that just to kind of honor Josh in that a, a lot of people like because we both speak at conferences and we both you know are, are full-time in ministry and a lot of women say to me you know that there's how do you do that and all of those kind of things and and really you can only really do that if your husband is honoring you in who God's called you to be and so I think um we've never had a struggle with that like there was never a sense that Josh was like but like you need to do this and I need to do this like we've always had an understanding of the gifts that God has given each other um and you know I'm like more usually more like verbal and you know the more kind of out there person than him and he's not threatened by that you know like he yeah. would rather be reading the old testament <laughs> so i i do think that that's that's something that in you know in marriages and stuff i think just being able to know each other's gifting and release each other into those giftings without feeling you know uh th threatened or whatever by that you know like really knowing each other well and um and releasing each other properly that's awesome. So good. So 
as we're coming to the close, um, you, you're led into the underground world of Houston, Texas, and then all of a sudden uh, uh, other opportunities arise for you to serve people. How did that turn out? Yeah, so we started, um, we would invite teenagers or college age students from all over the world, and we still do, and they come and intern with us. So people that we meet at teen streets all over the world, they then come for internship times with us and we mm -hmm. serve here in Houston. So we were serving with them and in the homeless communities and in all these different areas. And we start going to meet some of our homeless friends in jails and prisons. And so realizing kind of the situations that they're in and what they mm -hmm. go through. And honestly, it was them who told us um, about this situation. So in, in Houston, in Texas, they're released wearing prison clothes, prison shoes with the prison bags, and they look like prisoners. And in Houston, they're released into a very, very dangerous situation. There's traffickers around for the women, there's drug dealers, there's pimps, there's everything around. And so we just started going with our interns and with our staff and seeing like, I wonder, like, I wonder where we know where they are or what they do. And like, literally, you're like, oh, my goodness, like they come in on this Greyhound bus, there's 35, 40 of them streaming off the bus looking like prisoners getting swarmed and God just said to us, I want the kingdom of God to meet them, not, not these other, you know, pimps and dealers. And so, um, so God just, again, God grew that. Um, again, we had no clue. We've never been to prison. We've not, you know, part of that world at all, mm. but um, God just started growing that. We went mm. from like going one day a week to having, we have now people in two locations, five days a week, um, mm. meeting everyone. We meet about, pre-COVID, about 12,000 people a, a year, so. Yeah. Actually, similar to when we were teenagers, as, 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 you know, just we see this need and felt that, you know, maybe, you know, at the time we didn't realize it, but now we do. We recognize it now when God's showing you something, it's not just you recognizing something. In the, and um, so we went so down. How do you know the difference? How do you know the difference between God showing you something and you just seeing a need? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a real good question, and I I think with with um and I don't think I get it all the time actually I don't think I don't think there's a I don't think there's a formula for that um with with us though we with us we went down to the bus station and saw that there was a need and no one else was filling it um okay. and uh, then we started to realize hey we're that we're the only ones seeing this and I wonder sometimes Tim to answer your question I wonder if sometimes it's actually hindsight that you know. So like, yeah, maybe you're not sure, is this God or is this me just having a heart? And then you step into it and see God's hands start moving in it. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I think this is God, you know? So sometimes the wrestling with who's telling me this, it, it holds us back from doing what God is telling us to do. And, you know, if it's something that might be on God's heart, we can move into it and he'll move us out of it if it's not from him. Oh, God. We'll move into it and he'll move us out of it if it's not. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Absolutely awesome. So it developed into seven more, which John Legend says yes. <laughs> seven more is a program that gives ex-offenders a fair chance to get back in society by engaging with them the very moment that they get released out of jail. So what's the next step after you meet them, after they, you know, get a bag, they Get in, you introduce yourselves to them. What's a next step, a potential next step for them? Yeah, we give we give each of them a, a wristband um, with with our phone number on it, with the, with the seven more phone number. 
Um, most of them, like, you know, we're talking 19 out of 20 of them, 99 out of 100 of them are have an address they have to go to uh, because they're paroled. And part of parole is you, you report to your address. So it's typically it's not an immediate need, find this person to bed. The, they, um, so they're going somewhere. So we give them a, a number to continue to call us and they go, they're going from, they're going from Houston, some staying in Houston, many going all over the state. And, and our commitment to them is if, if you call us, we'll continue to walk with you. We'll find you good communities in your city. Um, we'll, we'll help you find work, a better, a better housing situation. We want to, this is the initial, a very vulnerable um, initial point of contact with them. And, and it's super vulnerable. I mean, these, these guys getting out of prison are, are most of them are super scared. Um, and uh, so, but we want to continue to walk with them. So as we make that connection with them, we give them our phone number uh, with with the promise that we'll continue to walk with you and uh, and so and we're also purchase. like a bridge to a lot of other resources. There are resources. What what we are is the net between that first moment and the resources that are available. So you mm-hmm. know, halfway houses, Christian programs, drug rehab, yeah. all of that. So we're able to network them when they ring us. You know, and we send them clothes for job interviews, and we. Honestly, sometimes they just need to talk, you know, and what they love. I I will tell you, when you stand on the side of the road with a man who has served 47 years in prison and does not have one human on the outside, and you just know that this is God's heart, that someone is there to love on him. And, you know, and he's like our parents' ages, you know, just and uh, or a young guy who's tattooed head to toe, just thinks he knows it all. And and God starts speaking prophetically uh, over him and saying stuff to him that he knows about him and he just melts on the ground, you know? Like, mm. it's it's such a beautiful thing to be part of that moment in their lives. Um, mm. And a big part, you know, there's kind of a, it's like Teen Street is one angle and, and you know, Seven More is one angle, but really our heart is to see people living in, in who God created them to be. And so, mm whether that's children on the street or homeless people or teenagers or, you know, and just being released into who God created them to be. And I think that flows from, but that's what we've experienced ourselves is that, you know, in ourselves and in our marriage, like God's given us a purpose um, for who we are as individuals and then who we are as a couple and then with our kids as well. Um, Yeah. So, you know, you do want to see other people walk in that too. Yeah. So how do you make sure that you two stay unstoppable? I mean, you have children, you have Teen Street, you have seven more. Um, you also have just seven days and 24 hours like <laughs> the rest of us. Yeah. How do you make sure that you are still aligned, that you're still investing in each other? How do you stay fit for everything that God is talk- telling you and for everything that you're doing? How do you stay strong together? I feel like there's been like different seasons in our lives, like this season that we're in now, similar to you guys, where the kids are gone in, you know, more so in the day and like they hear more in the evening, that kind of thing. Like we're here more in the day together. Um, but I think we have a kind like a very strange rhythm of life that is feels very normal for us and very abnormal for other people. And so um we don't I, I will say and I don't know if this is an Irish thing but we're very unformulaic so I don't know if we have like we do a b and c and that is what works <laughs> Irish people don't like to say they're good at anything <laughs> I've learned in America that it's okay to say you're good at something <laughs> oh tell me about it 
Yeah. Well, also now we're at an interesting season where our kids are old enough to to be our marriage counselors. Oh yeah, they're so good. <laughs> we have a twenty one year old daughter who who constantly like helps helps us in gives our a, marriage. Gives us tips. <laughs> marriage tips. Marriage tips. Marriage tips. <laughs> <laughs> that helps us be unstoppable. But, <laughs> yeah. well, we, are, we are actually very different though, in a sense that yeah. Um, I mean, Deb's De- Deb's really enjoys people. Uh, being around people finds life from there i conversely like empty skate parks and the old testament um but there, there are areas where we do really overlap and actually some of it where we we find probably our most intimacy is actually in certain um ministry environments yeah. actually where we where we are doing ministry together um different from the early years when we'd have uh four kids sleeping in the same room with us those are the early years of teen street now now we'd actually probably have our own room when we go do ministry events sometimes yeah, yeah we go like it is really fun at this point you know where we're we just we're in brazil we're about to go to kenya like there's lots of like fun stuff in our lives that are like you know a, a new season in who we are as a couple as well yeah yeah that is so cool i mean it's just been so awesome talking to the walkers rebecca at the end of our podcast we uh we talk to each other and just ask each other what kind of what what was the red line, the silver lining going through the podcast for you? What was your takeaway today? It's the waiting for God while still moving forward. Mm. Oh, like that's so good. many things you mentioned. It's always the, the tendencies. I have to wait to God. I withdraw and then nothing happens anymore. But it's for you guys. It's been waiting on God while still being open-handed. And that's why you were experiencing everything, how God was, was leading you and how you were able to embrace even new mission fields like you're doing. And so the whole um, not being afraid while I wait on God, still being able to do things. I still can serve in a church. I still can be part of a small group. I still can join some things like you said before too. It's in, if I think I sense a need, it's the doing that where I find out God is really using me in that. Like if I think I'm going to be the best cook and I start cooking and I realize no one likes my food, it's probably not God calling on my life because my action will be blessed by it and I will experience God is with yeah. me. And so it's the, even having the courage while waiting just to try out different things to see yeah. where's God really calling me and doing. So the, the waiting on God while still moving forward. That's awesome. Uh, for me, I wrote down a question. I wrote, uh, how will you respond? How will I respond? I feel like at every stage in your journey, you know, God was, you know, eliciting a response, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was an invitation into the relationship, an invitation to go to, to church with uh, Josh's sister, uh, an invitation to take teenagers to a camp, uh, an invitation to, you know, remain and just wait on the Lord for 18 months, not, not Mississippi, Michigan or something. Uh, yeah, Siberia. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, whether it was, you know, how will you respond when you see a baby on the side of the road? Um, how will you respond when that leads you to, to prison and to people in prison? How, how will you respond? 
And that's like almost the opposite of me in the sense that I'm quite a visionary. I like to see things in the future. I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do, <laughs> you know. And the, the more idea I have, I have of what I think life is going to turn out, the more excited I am. And uh, the less idea I have, the less excited I am, right? I'm like, <laughs> I can't stand the gray. And um, it's just awesome to see how you have been able to, you know, withstand the gray. You've been able to remain in that gray in that in those times and just find out what God's calling is on your life for the next step, for the next person, for the next whatever that was. And uh, that's awesome. Well done. Thank you so much for leading the way and being an example to so many people. And uh, there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people around the world who are closer to Jesus, who are closer to their calling, their purpose, because of how you lived your life as a couple, and as a family. Thank so you. thank you so much. Thank you guys for having us. Such an honor. Yeah. Love your yeah. podcast, The Unstoppable Duo. <laughs> <laughs> as we say in Dublin, <laughs> I, I left Dublin when I was 16, so... <laughs> I have I have some of the lingo and some some of it I've, I've left behind, but uh, maybe some of it came back now during this podcast. It comes back every now and again when I'm talking to my dad. Of course, uh, he he's from Limerick, from the from the other side. You know, he still can speak Irish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. Uh, when people want to contact you, what's the best way to contact you? I see seven more net is. Uh, the website for that ministry but if they want to contact you personally uh to be honest the best way would be even just instagram just jebs walker underscore d-e-b-s walker underscore and then the seven more instagram is seven number seven more stories seven more stories seven more stories awesome well rebecca would you pray for them pray for everybody listening and watching in yeah Thank you. Father, I thank you so much that you are so faithful. There we are giving our very best. And then it seems you're calling us to different places where it doesn't even seem so attractive. I mean, um, seeing the need is, yes, I maybe can fulfill this need right now, but could it be a mission? Could it be my calling for so many years in giving someone a hand in just loving on a person could this be something father you're calling me and thank you so much for Debs and josh example of here we are serving you with not much money with challenges um raising a family and challenges of realizing hey my body has its limits as well but over that father you were always there you always provided yours were calling yours went ahead and prepared the path. And I know for all the listeners, you're doing exactly the same. Our lives maybe look different, but we all have your calling. We all are loved by you. We all are gifted by you with things that we only can do so another person can be um, helped, another person can find you, another person can receive hope and love again to know, Father, there you are seeing me and you have a plan for me too. I am not a mistake. So thank you so much for their mission, which can become our mission, because we want to look up to you. We want to find you while we wait on you. We still want to serve you. We want to serve the people that you love so much because you loved us so much. So thank you for your blessing and your guidance and your provision. And that the best days are truly still ahead. Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
We love you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Unstoppable Duo Show. We pray that you were encouraged and were able to take away an idea of how your marriage can become a little more unstoppable this week. Are you looking for more? Twice a year, Rebecca and Tim coach a small number of couples through their 90-day Unstoppable Breakthrough Experience. Why not join them and create the marriage you always believed was possible? Go to theunstoppableduo.com and register today. We look forward to seeing you next week right here on The Unstoppable Duo Show.